Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast, the podcast that will help you embrace, grow, and be transformed by the transitions of life. Now here's your host, Debbie Ronka. Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast. I'm Debbie Ronka, your host, and I'm glad that you're with me today. Now, I know a lot of us have heard this phrase, your story matters. And when you hear that phrase, I'm telling you, it really is important. There's a lot of power in our stories, and they can be empowering to us and to others if we could find and embrace that our stories do matter, that there is something within our story for our lives and even for the lives of others. My guest today, Teresa Ream, she has a story, and she also has a very deep understanding of why our story matters. She believes that story is the platform on which you orchestrate your life. Her story has a very humble beginning. There's a lot of brokenness and pain, but you're going to hear how she found the treasure. She found the gem hidden in her story that allowed her to transition to where she is today. Teresa Ream is the founder of several multi-million dollar businesses known as the Ream Companies and has over 41 years of business success. She is known as the largest minority woman-owned restoration company on the Central Coast and beyond. The Ream Companies, which consist of disaster cleanup specialists, Flooring America's Floorstone USA, and Cypress Design and Build. Teresa is also the founder of Feminine Wiles Business Consultants, and her passion is helping established women CEOs. Teresa is also skilled in running multi-generational family-owned businesses. She utilizes her strong organizational, financial marketing, and nurturing skills to help women eliminate overwhelm and get clarity in their business with coaching in the areas of systems, marketing, and building happy teams. Teresa believes you must build the woman to build the business. Teresa has also been honored as best woman-owned business on the Monterey Peninsula and the best minority-owned business of Monterey, along with being named the Woman of the Year by the Professional Women's Network of Monterey. Teresa, Welcome. Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast. I'm really honored to have you today. And when I read your story, I read your story in a book that you're a part of with other authors. It's called 20 Lives Ignited, I believe. I was just really drawn to how you looked at the story of your life, how you mind your story. And I just feel like you have so much to offer us today. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Debbie. I am beyond thrilled to be here today with you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for your time. And let me ask you this question. Why is it so important to know our story? When we write our story, we begin to know parts of ourselves that don't come to us unless we write them out. So knowing our story roots us, it grounds us, and it keeps us from being swayed by outside influences that may not be in our best interest. So that's why it's so important with with the story. I'm glad that you shared that because I think sometimes we can look at the story of our lives and we want to push it aside. 
because we there may be pain associated with it. There may be things that we don't want to remember, but like you, I love how you shared that it roots us. So I understand that your mother was a great influence on you and a great inspiration. So do you want to share about your mother and tell us about your story? Yes, absolutely. My story in the book, 20 Lives Ignited, is it starts with my mother because my mother taught me so many lessons. She taught me things that were uh, that were affiliated with business and starting business. She was the first minority um, businesswoman in the small town that I grew up in. And this was back when she was only 18 years old in 1938. Oh, my so word. Brown women didn't really have a place in business in our community, but she etched out a place and she had a thriving business for over 40 years. And she taught me a lot of great things about business. And also she taught me the nurturing side that life deserves to be nurtured. And so therefore I do a lot of nurturing in anything that I do. And it really makes a lot of sense. She was very intuitive and taught me a lot about that. So my mother was a, um, she grew up with, parents that worked the fields and they traveled all over the um, the fertile lands of California. And she had to live in cars and tents and therefore she moved every couple of months. Well, my mother graduated at the age of 15 from Monterey High. She skipped two grades. She was a straight A student. She was a model for an artist. She was very inspiring. So she inspired me to go forward and and become the businesswoman I am today. That's incredible. I mean, just to know that she grew up living in tents and moving around. And, and I know her, her parents, it was not a great growing up time for her. Yet in the midst of all of the pain that your mother experienced, she seemed to tap into who she was. And pressed into her education she skipped two grades yes wow that and you're talking 1938 yes yes oh she yes. was incredible it was incredible and that was when she had her first child and started her own business at the age of 18. she actually um graduated in 1936. so the you know a lot of good things there it taught me a lot about listening to her story even though like you say a lot of us don't like to talk about our story mm -hmm. because there's pain that word pain in them and when we veer away from the pain and we really don't look at those things that it teaches us we miss out on so much, on so much. And so a lot of us women are walking around missing out on this, these very fine point element, elements, these elemental lessons that are entrenched in our pain and the pain of our mothers, grandmothers, because I truly believe those things carry on within our generation in some form or fashion. Oh, they do. You know, we're supposed to look to our roots because a lot of the things that we the way that we show up in our adult uh time in life you know things that we struggle with whether it's our insecurities our inferiorities like the 
just those inner challenges, a lot of them are just rooted in what, what happened when we grew up or from our, the generational things that have gone on in our house. So that I agree with you. It's why it's so important to look back and see what we can learn from and do better moving forward. So you mentioned, I love your soul house. And oh, so just just take us deeper on that. I just loved reading that. Well, your soul house is that place that sets within you that never changes. And a lot of us never really get to experience the tapping into the soul house. Um, uh, People call it different names. I mean, it can be the the watcher, the, the, the soul that watches and watches life go by and never really changes because of the way life is going. So the soul house to get to it, what, how I explain it in my chapter is when you're walking down the road, you will, rocks will be hurled at you trying to get you off path. Now, most of these rocks aren't people that hate us. They're people that love us. They're people, they're friends, they're family. They're, they want the best for us, but they really don't, they don't see the, the plan that God gave only to us. They, they, they're, not, they're not going to experience that plan. Because God only gave that vision to us. So when we're walking down that road and they're they're hurling, I say, pick up those rocks and build your castle for your soul. Because those are rocks of pain. They hurt you. They hurt you when they were hurled, whether they were were hurled in love or or dislike. But pick them up, build your castle, and, and you'll have a fortress surrounding you. That is such a healthy way to look at that. Instead of picking the stones up and throwing them back, keep them and build your castle. Oh, yes. I love that. Yes. I love that. <laughs> so tell us about your stories. So I know you went through a season of feeling like you weren't accepted and there were effects to that. And how, how did you process that? Because I think there's a lot of us that we have those times where we just don't feel accepted. We don't see feel valued or celebrated. And it kind of puts a pain in our heart. So what happened and how did you process all of that? It's been a it's been a sixty some year process. It's uh-huh. been a long haul. Um being accepted was something that I was not growing up because we were poor much of my um, childhood and then things turned around. Um, But we, you know, we didn't have the nice clothes and the different things and our houses were considered shacks by some of, uh, you know, our neighbors. And eventually my mom made enough money to build us a nice new house and stuff. But I always felt like I was being looked upon as something less than and that carried on over into my adult life where even though I was very strong and I was intuitive about which path I was going to take in my business and in my life I always had that sense of that you probably have this too all women have this this Mm -hmm. little nagging voice that says are you doing the right thing Mm -hmm. so and so says you know maybe you should do it another way and I think it took it took me many, many years to recognize that. And just recently, I had a dream where an angel came to me and she said, you know, Teresa, you need to stop looking at yourself through others' eyes and only see yourself through your eyes. 
And that's a very loving thing to do. Oh, that's so beautiful. And gosh, you're so right, Teresa. All of us, especially women, we compare ourselves to other women, to, to what they're doing. And well, we could see ourselves small, but we're not small because we're looking through the wrong eyes. Yes. I, lo- I love that. And I know that comparison can get us all in trouble. Um, I, I, I feel like if we start comparing ourselves to another person, we wind up walking in their shadow because we're trying to either be like them or comparing what we're doing to what they're doing. So, and we lose our own identity, our own uniqueness. And um, yeah, I so believe in what you just said. That's so powerful. And you yeah. know what? It is a process. You know, it, it takes, it, it's, it's a continual acknowledgement of, okay, this is maybe rejection or maybe whatever the isolation, whatever the pain is, it's going to show up throughout our life. And we have to decide, okay, how are we going to confront this? How are we going to take that thought down and replace it with the thoughts that God gives us about ourselves? You know, we are more than conquerors, you know, and he does have a divine purpose in our life. And we shouldn't let other people's thoughts or words cause us to think small. Absolutely. Because the person that you see with your own eyes is not distorted like Mm. if you're looking through somebody else's eyes at yourself it's very clear and it's very full of clarity and to and you know it's not that hard to do it takes some practice you know when we go to the gym we're weak and our little arms don't lift the things we need to (laughs) we keep doing it and it becomes easy and it becomes a true gift because you want you I know that you you teach your clients clarity. Yes. And clarity is something that most women thought was very elusive. But when you look at yourself through your own eyes, you really get that clarity. Yes. And that's the clarity that we should have. So I love this one phrase that you had, serendipity, if my life could have a name, I would call it serendipity. So tell us about that. Yes, it's, um, you know, things in my serendipity comes from some sort of clarity. A lot of us don't understand that we think, oh, you know, this is just going to happen. It's going to be great. But the serendipity comes into play when we have clarity. So say my first clarity as a maybe 14, 15 year old girl, as I used to stalk this restoration contractor around my hometown. And why? Because he was a hero. He was a hero in our community. When people had fires or floods, I would see him on the porch with the ladies. He'd be holding their hand. He'd be telling him everyone it was okay. And then he'd rebuild their homes and everyone loved him. I thought, wow, if I could be like that, wouldn't that be just something fantastic? And then the second, so that was a clarity, a picture in my mind. The next picture in my mind when I was 16, I wrote out, I thought, you know, it's time to write out what I want in a husband. And so I started writing all the attributes exact down to the hair color and the eye color. And um, a few weeks later, um, it's a funny story. A few weeks later, I was probably a sophomore in high school. I had a big mouth when girls would call me names or something, I'd say something back. And 
there was a gang of them. They were chasing me to the bus stop and I was running for my life. And an old friend that I didn't hang out with since fifth grade pulls over. She pulls over and she says, get in. She has a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. I, and I mean, this girl's been driving since she was 10. I mean, she's just <laughs> kind of a grown up for six. She, she says, hey, how would you like to go on a blind date with me and my fiance? I said, fiance, you're only 16. She goes, yeah, yeah. Why don't you come with us? And I said, okay, I'll try it out. So they picked me up. The blind date was just not my type. And we ended up going into a restaurant and out walks the vision in flesh, what I had just written down previously of a husband down to the eye color and hair color. And he knew his roommate knew my blind date. Oh my and they gosh. invited us over and the rest is history. And that was 50 years ago. And we're still together and still running businesses. Oh my gosh. What a great story. <laughs> so that is the epitome of serendipity, isn't it? Oh, it <laughs> certainly is. Oh, and just that girl stopping to help you. Oh, my word. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then, you know, wanting to be that restoration contractor, we um, started, we love homes and building and doing things. And we started with a construction company. And um, in the middle of the night, a drunk driver ran through our our house, right through our living room. He had one of those big giant Cadillacs with the fins on them from back in the day. Oh, this was in the eighties when he did this. Oh my gosh! And through, and uh, we're like beside ourselves. But anyway, he says, "Don't worry, I'm your neighbor." And I'm like, <laughs> Cadillac. <laughs> we have a Cadillac in my driveway. <laughs> I mean, in my house. So the next day, the insurance agent, our insurance adjuster, actually came out and. He got, we got to talk and he said, what do you do? And I said, we do construction. And he said, hey, do you do restoration work? Absolutely. Oh, Not word. yet, but, you know, and then the rest is, it went on from there and we grew, grew our companies from that. I have one question. Where were you in the house when that car came through? We were sleeping. It was two in the oh, morning. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my way. I mean the way life has showed up in 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 the seasons of your life when you were 16 and and then here and you were paying attention to what was going on. It just all flowed together. Oh yes. my gosh. So, let me you have this phrase, yes is a beautiful word. Tell us more about that. Well, yes is the word to possibilities. Mm -hmm. It's it's just a beautiful thing. And when you say yes, you know, my, my favorite saying, what, I, I have a lot of quotes. But I just oh, I love quotes. Me. I love quotes. And, and you make things, you, you have to make them up yourself too, because if you don't, you need to start, all women need to start making up their own quote. Oh, good idea. My, one of mine is, you never know where and when you will meet the person that will change your life forever. Mm. Now you have to say yes to a lot of different things to meet these people that come in and change your life. If, for instance, um, being an author in this book, I would never been invited to be an author in this book if I hadn't said yes to going to a chamber in San Francisco. I I live two hours south, but it was virtual, and I got I met Heidi Park Kerner. 
Okay. So she has this beautiful coffee club divas. And I immediately said, you know what? I have an organization too. I'm going to join yours. And she said, I'll join, you, join yours. And she, I just fell in love with the coffee club divas. And they invited me to be an author in this book. Best-selling author came from saying yes to going to a chamber virtual meeting. And then saying yes to a beautiful woman that you just were attracted to as that you're like-minded people. Um, and saying yes to that, to that friendship opened up a life changer for me. And I have many, many things that that yes has opened up for my life. That is so powerful because when I think of all the things that we say no to, that we never know what opportunity was there. Yes. Right? Yes. We think yes equals no freedom, right? Oh, if we say yes, we're tied down. If we say yes, we have to do this and we have to do that. But yes equals freedom. It, it, it opens up so many opportunities that you have a lot of choices in freedoms with your yeses. That yes opens a lot of doors. So like you said, then you have choices. I love yeah. that. I love that. Thank so you. here's a quote. Um, I like to get your insight on it. It's from uh, Dennis Waitley, and it's about personal development. Personal development is the belief that you are worth the effort, time, and energy needed to develop yourself. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that is everything, Debbie. That is everything. The self, I, I, you know, I, I don't know you very well, but I feel like I know you very well. You've been working on self-development for years and years and years, probably your whole life. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. That, that's huge because when you want to lead people, whether it be in large companies like I own or in a coaching or consulting practice, you have to have you have to have made yourself a certain way to be able to lead those people. You have to be that kind of person to lead that person into where they want to go. So yes. the self-development is everything, whether you're 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 coaching or whether you have employees that you're coaching. You they have to look upon you and say, look, as she's gotten from A, B to C to D, I want some of that. Teach me how. So now that you brought that up, tell us, share with us uh, what you do with women CEOs, how you coach them, how, how you teach them. Well, it has to be someone who wants, that's been in business, you know, a while, 10, five to 10 years is preferable. Have employees or team members it is, is pretty much a must, but I do, I do coach women that are, you know, starting up and, and things like that. But my main ones are people, the ladies that need systems, the, the, they may be, you know, a lot of business CEO women are frazzled. They're doing so much. They don't, they can't take a day off. It's, it's craziness. And mm -hmm. they got into business so they could take days off to have freedoms but they have not their systems set in place. So I help them set up their systems. Um, a, lot are, a lot of them may be um, uh, out of shape. They, they, they just really 
have been working so hard, they don't really like how they feel in their body. So we work on that. Uh, I'll, I'll vet people to help them with, with the training, the personal training, whatever they, they feel comfortable with. So it's, you know, you have to grow that person to grow the business. And so we get in there and make a well-rounded CEO. So when they come out on the other side, they, they have the strength to be able to lead and not do all the work to make sure that they feel good about themselves, that they can get help and ask for help and hire help. And it's really quite a beautiful thing. So it's almost like you're doing restoration business with women. Yes, we will make over their team. We'll, we'll invite team members that need to leave to leave and to, and, and to replace them with ones that really shine in the company and, and don't want to fight against the boss, so to speak. So it's quite a beautiful thing. We get into all aspects of their business. I love that. So if anyone's out there listening, this is who you need to connect with, Teresa, because um, I've seen some of the things that she's done, and she's amazing. She's really making an impact, and she really believes. You want to work with someone who believes in herself, because if you you, because she's coming from a place of strength and understanding, and she's going to impart that to you. Yeah, and thank you. you're welcome. So part of that quote too, and, I, and, and maybe you can give some advice at this point, because if we don't believe we're worth the effort, we we're not going to put the time and the energy in. And all, I believe all of us have been given a measure of potential. And there's a quote, and they don't have the author to it, but our, our gift to God is developing that potential. But I find what happens a lot with women is our potential goes unrealized because maybe it's a self-esteem issue. Maybe we don't feel we are worth, or we cannot even have the vision to see potential. And I, I listened to you, and of course I've read your story. You had vision of potential, even though your environment Everything in your environment said, no, you can't. This is not you. Like you're in, if, if you're, if you listen to your environment, you would have stayed stuck forever, but you saw your own worth and ability. And yes, maybe struggling with, you know, self-acceptance, but you had this ability to see potential and you tapped into it. So what would you say to anyone who's listening right now that's just struggling with what I just shared? How can you inspire and give them hope to break out? Well, no matter what faith you are, you know, there's, there's, there's greats and great leaders in all faith. But I'm going to, um, I'm going to roll over to Jesus. And, you know, <laughs> Jesus, he prayed. Yes, prayer's good. But the biggest thing he did, he meditated. He went off for 30, 40 days and meditated. Now, if if Jesus had to go over and meditate and think about stuff and really get himself together, why do we think we not have to? So my biggest thing that I really started out when I started out on really kind of rolling over my life about 12 years ago, I thought, you know, I'm working too hard. I needed the help that I give women now. <laughs> I, was, I was that woman. And so 
I, I did a lot of meditation on what I wanted. I wrote it out in my journal. I have journals that I'm living exactly what I wrote out 12 years ago. So the meditation part, and you know, med it's, it's a lot of people shy away from meditation, but you know what, if Jesus can do it, I think we can give it a whirl. And it's, it's really not that you have to not think about things and, and you're bad if, if a thought rolls past your mind as you're meditating, but meditation is to look upon yourself and your life and what you really want. And then that helps you. If, you know, you talked about uh, one of the greatest things is coming to our potential that God sees of us. Well, if you think about it, we even do that with our children. But from the time they're little, we have all the, this, this mindset about their potential, their mm -hmm. potential. And if someone with the powers that God has or however you believe in your higher power, you have to realize that if he's seeing potential in us and he's so great or she's so great or however you want to believe it, women, however you want to believe it, if, he, if they're seeing this and we're seeing in our children and a power is seeing it in us, then, yeah, we got to snap to a little bit and kind of shake, shake our tails. I don't know if anyone's read. Um, uh, women who run with wolves, but the author says sometimes we just gotta get up and shake that turd off our tail. <laughs> <laughs> that stuck with me for so long. I read the book so long ago, and I just reread it again, and that and that just spoke volumes to me that sometimes we just gotta shake it off and go for it. Oh, that you know what a visual that is, right? That. <laughs> <laughs> That is so true because so much gets put on us by what other people say to us or about us or things that happen in life, and we just let it sit there. And it actually blocks our potential because we stop believing in ourselves. And so, yeah, let's shake it off. Shake <laughs> it off. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Because I really believe we all have seeds of greatness inside of us that you know, God places these gifts and these dreams. I mean, you, you had a dream even as a child of what you thought, you know, you were so attracted to the man who was helping people with their homes. These are like the signals that I think we get from God that it's like, that's it. That's what I've called you to do. Pay attention. And I loved when you shared that because we miss the signal sometimes because we're either too busy or we find them insignificant but they're truly significant. They're speaking to us. And just to encourage everyone to what Teresa said, you know, we shake it off and start taking a step. Find a mentor, find a coach. Um, it's just one step at a time. Don't try to do it all. But if you start with one step, you're going to be farther tomorrow than you were today. Yes. And Right. And, you know, get, find your resilience because you are worth the effort. And what God has placed inside of you to do, the world needs because he placed it there for purpose. So don't let your environment tell you another story. Your story matters. And we need to see your life played out. So, Teresa, I am just thrilled and honored that you are here today. Do you have any? final thoughts that you'd love to share with the audience or anything about your business you'd like to share? 
Well, it's kind of hard to beat from that tail one. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> That's so good. That's you so know, you good. talked about, I, I would like to end with this. You talked about find that coach to help you over those hurdles. Women, you should have at least one coach, but you should have multiples, but at least have one by your side taking you through what you need to go through to the other side. I would never have gotten to where I am now without the coaches in my life. That's great advice because we're not meant to travel alone and we can't get to clarity alone and we, we need no. each other. We need coaches, we need mentors, and then we need, to, I love that you're doing this, Teresa, that you have turned around and, and you are a coach and you are a mentor to others. And I'll tell you, that's what makes our life so fulfilled when we pour ourselves out into other people and treasure the relationships that come into our lives. That's everything. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. I've been inspired by how you found the treasure in your story and now have created these incredible businesses with your husband that you actually <laughs> drew down on a piece of paper. Like I just, I just, I'm amazed at all that you shared today. I, I'm just blessed and honored that you've been here. And I want to just thank everyone who has stopped in to listen to this episode. Please share it with your friends. I know you're thinking of someone right now that needs to hear this. And thank you all for coming together, as we always do as the Transition Tribe, to embrace, grow, and be transformed by the purpose and the power of the transitions in our life. Thank you for joining us today on the Transition Bridge Podcast. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed listening today, Please go ahead and subscribe or review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check out the show notes. And for more information about Debbie, go to DebbieRonka.com. That's D-E-B-I-R-O-N-C-A.com.